another episode of the drinking and talking fantasy football podcast i'm your host dustin lunt i am the other host jake trowbridge how you doing tonight jake just peachy gotta love mondays huh i'm i'm straight up garfield in it today <laughs> i don't give a shit about those mondays and i want to go home and eat some lasagna that's all i want to do how are you doing i am doing great we're I talking think- fantasy football what's you know what's not to like i was gonna say i think we're both about to be a lot better that's right <laughs> So this week's episode, uh, we continue our divisional breakdowns, talking about the AFC North this week. Um, if you guys haven't listened in the last week's episode, pause this, go back and listen to last week's episode, so you get the whole idea. Then restart this one. Let's be honest. The Does NFC it have North to be better. sequential? Is this like it doesn't have to Indiana be? Indiana Jones one two three. It should Does be. Does this though? mean they're going to have to skip the fourth? No. Episode of the No, okay. don't skip good. any of them. Good, good, good. All right. Anyway, so we'll be going team by team, AFC North, depth chart, regression candidates, up and coming players, and question marks. So let's start with what we're drinking. Oh, and I'm excited. We today. got something special this week. We're switching things up. We were switching things up because my doctor told me I have to switch things up. I am uh, cutting some things out of my diet. For two weeks, and unfortunately, one of those things has to be beer. Um, but what I get to continue drinking, or I should say restart drinking, is whiskey. And who doesn't like that? I, I don't know, but I don't want to meet him. So we are drinking a McRae blended Scotch whiskey, aged 12 years. Nice. A fine product of Scotland, because where the fuck else would it come from? Oh, Absolutely. So I know some people say not to drink it with ice. I don't care. Just You're not one of those. No, I want to irritate everybody who thinks that just by clinking the glass around a little <laughs> bit. Uh, I'm putting some goddamn ice in my in my scotch. I so. have some in mine as well. You are I, not a big scotch. Drinker. I am not. So this will be a relatively new experience for me. So I'm pretty excited. Yes. All Cheers. Right. Cheers. Ooh. That's nice and smooth. That is very smooth. Got a little bit of vanilla on that one. Mm-hmm. Not too smoky. I hate smoky. It's not peaty. I, yeah, I can't <laughs> do the peatiness. No, I, that's good because that's always been my thing. I don't like that smoky peat flavor. Yep. Uh, can't stand it in beer, I'll be honest. And so it just kind of carries over to everything else. <laughs> Every uh, other drink. So, yeah, that's I actually really like that. That's right? nice. You could imagine like sitting out on the on the porch Drinking a, a drinking a scotch, smoking a stogie with this. Absolutely, that sound great. Which I may end up doing. Let's be honest. But let's hurry up and get through this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, speaking of drinking type things, let's get into our drunk trade of the week. Well, of course, let's do it. I am a little iffy about this one, so let me pose this to you. So this gentleman, oh, and I'm so sorry, I, I don't have the name. So I will figure out the name. I will attach it to the upload of this on Twitter. Because I don't know who the hell said this. Which is fine. You probably don't even watch your name attached to this one. Actually, I found it. I found it. Never mind. That was quick on my feet. Wow, you Work got really excited right there. there. I know. 
I think it's the scotch. And this is from at PF Dustin. So no relation. No. Okay. So PF Dustin says last year I traded the 110 for a 2021 number one that I thought was a 2020 first. Okay. Whatever. Mm-hmm. You're just push, pushing the can down the road. Right. Delayed gratification. Right. I guess. No biggie. And, hey, you might end up with an earlier pick than that 110, and this is a bad class. So that part, totally fine. Right. In agreement? For the most part. I mean, I'd, I'd much rather get the pick next year since it's supposed to be such a great class. Yeah. Not, I mean, from what I've heard, the 2021 isn't supposed to be that bad a class either. It's supposed to be pretty solid. And but, I, I mean, that is so much stock into that, that is two years out, though. That exactly. just seems way too far. I feel like you can always get more of those picks later. And so. so many ACLs can tear between then and now. Absolutely, that, sh- that entire class could change. But the second part of this, a lot more interesting to me. This is where the drum trade really kicks in, I think. You also traded O.J. Howard and Michael Gallup for just Trey Burton. Uh, yeah, that hurts. I bet at this time last year, you didn't have to have eight glasses of scotch to make this trade, though. No. Trey Burton, he doesn't specify an exact time frame. I'm thinking maybe this is either right before the season or kind of as things are just kicking off. Because now, now, I don't know if I would trade just Michael Gallup for Trey Burton. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like that scene in Family Guy where he falls down and skins his knee and there's nothing else you can do but just breathe through your teeth about it. Just, mm-hmm. uh, that pretty much sums it up perfectly. He goes on to tell us, don't drunk trade. And I'm going to tell him respectfully, don't tell me what to do. <laughs> Ooh, touche. Um, no, but drunk trade better, certainly. Drunk yes. trade better. Yes. Um, probably not the worst trade ever. But no, certainly uh, not even I would say not top three of what we've discussed. No, but still not good, though, either. (laughs) No, not by any stretch. Yes. So sorry, PF Dustin. I hope that you are feeling better about this. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, hopefully Michael Gallup blows up for you. Wait, he doesn't have him. He has Trey Burton. That is really salt in the wounds, you son of a bitch. I have one sip of scotch, and look at me. I'm all <laughs> go off the window here. It's getting crazy So hopefully Trey here. Burton works out for you there. Uh, hey, uh, I know he just had like an injury thing, but he might still bounce back. Yeah. He's supposed Post to be ready. He's supposed to be ready by training camp. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. Could be all right. All right. Let's talk about the, uh, the results from last year's yes, yes. AFC North. All right, so last year's records. Uh, at the top of the division was the Ravens at 10 and 6. Steelers were in second at 9, 6, and 1. Browns in third at 7, 8, and 1. Almost to that 500 mark. So close. And then the Bengals rounded out the division at 6 and 10. So let's start with the division winners, the Baltimore Ravens. So depth chart. We've got, of course, the QB wonder boy, <laughs> Lamar Jackson, uh, coming off his okay rookie season. For fantasy. For fantasy, Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Absolutely, yeah. I think, you know, they didn't expect him to start last year, so. So he had a seeking, sneaking suspicion they always kind of did. They were just waiting for the right moment to pull the rug out from Joe Flacco. That could be. 
That but in any a... case, you know, midway through the season, it's tough. Yes. All right. And then for running backs, we've got uh, newly acquired Mark Ingram. Also newly acquired through the draft, Justice Hill. Love that name. Uh, we got the Gus Bus Edwards still on the roster, and Kenneth Dixon apparently is still maybe a thing. Still hanging around. Still there. Uh, I think that pretty much rounds it out for the running backs. Uh, wide receivers, we've got the um, Willie Sneed, the fourth on the roster. Sneed. He's the still Sneedster. there. Uh, we got a couple rookies they drafted. Marquise Hollywood-Brown and uh, Miles Boykin. And then a couple other guys. <laughs> but that let's be honest, that really is about all we need to know about the wide receivers. Most of their team is just, it's a bunch of dudes. Yes. That's all you got to know. It's a bunch of dudes. And then for tight ends, we've got the dynamic duo, uh, Mark Andrews and Hayden Hurst. Anything to add there with the rosters? Nope. <laughs> all right. Not a single comment about that. Perfect. Yeah. All right. So regression candidates. Do you yeah. want to, do you want to start us off? I sure can. Um, when looking at the Ravens, trying to figure out who is going to take a step back, it's kind of easy, in my opinion. It's is pretty it? easy. Is it, it? Well, first of all, there's only like three dudes still on the roster from last year that, that are fantasy relevant. Okay. So you basically have to pick between them. For me, you, you have to look at who was there at running back last year because Gus Bus, as much as I loved him, and as much as he helped me in a few weeks in fantasy last year as a late uh, late season pickup, mm-hmm. is just not going to be doing too much this year. Obviously, they paid Mark Ingram. I don't love Mark Ingram, but he's going to get most of the what? touches. Yeah. Yeah. I'll say it. I'll say it again. I don't love Mark Ingram, <laughs> but he's going to get most of the touches. Why not? He's old. They're going to run him until he can't run no more. And they did bring in Justice Hill. Gus Edwards was never even a pass-catching back. He doesn't have that um, addition. So you might think, well, maybe he can at least bring that element and they'll toss him on for a few third-down plays. I just don't see it happening. Maybe he'll get a couple mm-hmm. of goal-line carries. That's the best you can hope for with him. But I just don't see it happening. The buses broke down. Buses broke down. All right. Close that bus door. All right, my regression candidate is Mr. Willie Sneed. You know what? He's always been a fine player. I just think now with the new rookies they brought in, they're changing the whole offense. Uh, I just think he's a prime candidate for regression here. Um, again, I Which don't... is a bummer because it's not like he had a ton to regress from. Right. <laughs> but I just I think if anybody takes a step back on that team, that's going to be him. That's all I got to say about that. Remember his first season with the Saints? New Orleans? Yeah. And you're like, wow, who the fuck's that guy? And then you heard his name and you're like, Willie Sneed. His name is oh, Willie. I'm never going to remember that. <laughs> First of all, that sounds like the nerdiest goddamn name, but he looked like a stud mm-hmm. for a bit, like a, an ascending stud. And then yeah, he just kind of leveled off. I don't know what happened. Yeah. What happened, Sneedster? What happened? Um, so yeah, fine, fine selection. Yeah, thanks. Who do you have for uh, your your up and comer? My up and comer is Mark Andrews. Um, I feel like he's going to take another step forward this year. You know, now that Baltimore, quote unquote, has some speedsters on the outside, you know, it may open up the middle of the field for him. 
you know, you got Mark Ingram. He can catch balls out of the backfield. So, you know, linebackers will have to, you know, keep an eye on him. So I feel like he he will be the beneficiary of, of an overall upgraded offense. So that's why I have him as my up-and-comer. I think those are all sound. I mean, I'm not I'm not saying he's going to be like, you know, a top 12 tight end or anything like that. You're not getting crazy. I'm not getting crazy, but he will take another step forward this year. I'd buy that. Mark Jackson's got to throw to some big dudes. He's going to have to. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping that Mark Andrews is going to be for the be there for him because I am choosing Lamar Jackson as my up-and-comer this year. We know what he can do with his feet. That was very well established last year. Mm-hmm. That's, that's basically the only thing that was established last year is what he can do with his feet. It's going to be hard for him to get worse as a passer this year. This is true. He had one of the lowest or the lowest completion percentage um, prorated through last season of of any quarterback, I think, with like four starts. It's It was bad. His completion percentage was bad. I've read, though, he's been working on his accuracy. Oh, good. Yeah. I was worried he was like couch surfing, eating Fritos and shit. Um, I'm glad he's throwing a ball. But... He, he did come along down the stretch more than people want to admit. His mm-hmm. red zone carries and his red zone passing percentage were actually not bad. So if he can just work on that shift between the 20s a little bit, and again, it's going to be hard for him to get too much worse, um, I think he'll be all right. I like Miles Boykin for him. Mm-hmm. I like that he has that giant catch radius. So I could see him funneling the ball to him quite a bit. And I like... Even though, again, I don't love Mark Ingram, and I'll keep saying it, I like the upgrades that they made all around to the backfield. Absolutely. I think that's going to help them. Absolutely. I agree. All right, and then for question marks, we have the same question marks. We are on the same page. We are. And it's a bad page. It's the the wide receivers. Let's be honest. It shouldn't be any shocker to anybody that follows fantasy football even remotely closely. Yeah. Um, you know, my question mark is how is the volume going to get distributed between all the wide receivers? And how much volume will there be to distribute? Correct. Yeah. You know, like you just said, great runner. Accuracy is less than average, you could say. <laughs> That's um, the nicest way you could possibly <laughs> phrase that. Uh, you know, and like I said, you got two rookie wide receivers. You know, they have to adjust to the NFL. It usually takes rookies a couple years to get comfortable, have their quote-unquote breakout. You know, is that going to get accelerated this year because they're forced to play? Are they going to adjust well? You know, uh, Hollywood Brown, he has that uh, Liz Linz Frank injury yeah. that he's coming off of, the foot injury. Doesn't everybody know? So, um, it's like the injury du jour. It, it is, like. but uh, he is recovering from that. Mm-hmm. You know, so is he going to be ready to go day one if he starts missing training camp? That could, you know, slow his progress. And again, just how are the balls going to be distributed amongst all the guys they have at wide receiver? So, I mean, Jordan Lasley season, am I right? <laughs> That's what's going to happen. It's it's pretty much a bummer to look at their depth chart. It is, yeah. Do you have anything else to add? No, God. Mercifully, uh, let's move on. All right. I say that was probably the grossest one of the yeah. group here. Yeah. Some more excitement with the Steelers. Yes. We'll move on to the Steelers. Yeah. All right. So their depth chart. 
do, do, do. Let me get back to my page here. So well, I can take care of quarterback for you. If you oh, want. you can? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Hit me. It's going to be uh, Big Ben Roethlisberger's walking boot. Nice. It's going to be at number one. All right. So, yes, he is the starting quarterback. Uh, we've got, for the running backs, James Conner, Jalen Samuels, and the newly drafted Benny Snell Jr. For wide receivers, they have some guy called Juju Smith-Schuster. I don't know. I hear he's all right. Juju Smith-Schuster? Schuster, yes. Is that what it is? Okay. Yes. Yeah, I heard I heard he's an okay player. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> um, they've, they brought in Dante Moncrief, uh, free agent this offseason. Uh, they have James Washington that they drafted last year, I believe, and it was in the second round. And they also have Ryan Switzer. Ryan Switzer Army Knife. Boom. Sure. Good job. I did. And then <laughs> for tight ends, they have uh, Vance McDonald. Yeah, that's it. Really. That's it. Yeah. That's that's the offense. We don't even need to talk about a second no. tight end there. So, um, you want to kick us off with a regression candidate? I would love to. I want to talk about the guy that I brought up in that depth chart. Let's talk about Big Ben and his walking boot. So, Ben Roethlisberger did plenty fine last year. I would say more than fine. Right? He did plenty fine last year without the services of Le'Veon Bell. And that was a big question mark for people last year, was how is how drastically... Does he rely on Le'Veon Bell to make him better and vice versa? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, Ben pretty much destroyed any critique of him because he finished, depending on the scoring system that you're looking at, number three. Number three. FF Today has him at number two, which is weird, but it's very he's very barely. Again, it, it depends on your scoring yeah, setup. Strange. But in any case, finished as a top three QB last year. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'd say he's fine without Le'Veon Bell. However, now he also doesn't have Antonio Brown. True. Depends on what narrative thread you want to follow. Maybe that's the best thing in the world for Ben because Antonio was such a distraction to him. Um, no. Antonio Brown is a once-in-a-lifetime wide receiver. You do not just get over losing a player like that. Juju Smith-Schuster's there, and that's great. He, James Conner looks good last year. They added a couple of guys. You talked about Moncrief coming in. They added Deontay Johnson. But that's a lot of uh, ifs. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine. And it would be one thing if Ben just finished his like, top 10 last year. Right. I cannot imagine him cracking the top three again this year without Antonio Brown. That's a tall order. Weapon. It's crazy. I, I'm not saying that Ben's going to be awful this year. I think he always has the possibility to be QB1 territory, a top 12 guy every year until mm-hmm. he proves it, until he says no, <laughs> until he falls off. He threw a shit ton last year, more than basically he's ever thrown in his career. I expect those numbers to come down a little bit. Um, I think they'll still stay high enough, mm-hmm. but there's no way top three for him this year. Yeah, I mean, I suppose when you are top three, the only place you can really go is down, mm-hmm. so... I think that's fair. Yeah. Who right. you got regressing? I've got James Conner. <gasps> Say it ain't so. It's so. You know Say what? I so. love the talent. I mean, he is a very, very good running back. Uh, I just, I think last year, kind of playing off what you already said, they had Antonio Brown, you know, 
defenses had to account for Antonio and Juju. You know, you got two studs that are right on the outside. You know, I, I don't think that the opposing defenses thought Connor could do anything. You know, when you go from Le'Veon Bell to some guy named James Connor, you know, really, are you going to try to stack the box against him? No, they're going to say, prove it. Right. You know, at least exactly. initially early in the season. You know, obviously, once he established himself, it was different. Um, they're like, oh, fuck, no, this guy can play. <laughs> exactly. You know, and I just, I don't know that he'll be the workhorse running back. I know typically Pittsburgh, that's been their MO, has been they stick with one guy and just run him to the ground. But I don't know necessarily that that's going to be the case anymore. I feel like their offense is changing a little bit, especially now with Antonio gone, LaBelle's gone. You know, they've got a competent backup with Samuels. And Do then, they, though? That's the part that I question is... I said competent. I didn't say great. But even that, I, I, I want to believe so. And I think he could be used more in the passing game. And, like, he kind of has a history with their right. backs mm-hmm. coach and all that. I just don't know. And don't then know. they also brought in Benny Snell, you know, who should be a good complementary piece there. I think he's a quality backup. Yes. Again, though, if they're taking carries away from Connor, they have to go somewhere. So I don't think his his workload is going to be quite as high as it has been. Um, and I just I don't see him in the top 12 this year. I think he's going to be severely overdrafted. And he's he's going to be a bust for what you pay Ooh. for him. For Ooh. what you pay for okay. him. Okay. He's still going to be fine. Okay. He'll be, you know, a high-end wide uh, wide receiver, running back too. Uh, I, just, I just don't see him busting in, into the top 12 this year. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't disagree with your premise that he will regress. I disagree with how you got to that. I don't see it being a split backfield still this year. Like, I, I think they have a system that has worked extraordinarily well. Unless the wide receiving crew really flounders, I don't see there being much need for them to do the rotational system. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be, I think Connor will still get most of the work. Like, I'm still talking last year's numbers cut by, like, 3 to 4%, maybe. But I, I think know. he will be less efficient. I don't know. He got dinged up last year. So I think they are going to see that, and they're going to say, we need to save him for, like, the push at the end of the year. Why ride him so hard early in the season and keep him a little bit fresher for the end of the season, you know, when they need him playing in that Pittsburgh cold, you know, in the winter months. I, just, I mean, I can see it. So. I could see it. I don't project that to happen, but it's very much on the table. All right. It's on the table. We shall see. Uh, Let's just move right along into your up-and-coming players so that we can keep this fun train rolling. Yes, we'll stick with the running backs. Uh, My up-and-coming is Benny Snell. Boom! (laughs) Oh, come on. It's not like he's some scrub player. No, I know he's not. Um, You know, I just, from, from what I've, you know, some respected sources I listen to out there, uh, I really like the landing spot for him. Uh, I feel like he's going to be a good fit for their system. And, you know, I think he's going to get slowly worked into the offense. But he's also one of those where um, in a year or two when James Conner, they let him walk because apparently they don't want to pay their running backs uh, arm and a leg. Uh, Benny Snell will just be able to walk right in there and take over that lead job and, you know, It'll be smooth sailing. Look, I I love 
Benny Snell for Dynasty, especially if you have James Conner. I think he's, like I said, he's a tremendous, tremendous backup. They Pittsburgh has not proven to be a team that walks away or backs away from uh, something that's worked. James Conner more than worked last year. Mm-hmm. Now, like you said, if he gets injured or if they fear that he's about to get injured, then Snell could come in and have a chance. But for right now, Benny Snell looks to me like 2017 James Conner, not 2018 James Conner. Very well could be. He's the guy behind the guy. Right. You know, and that's not a bad place to and be. And again, that just plays off of our previous conversation. So... We, we, we shall some see. Differences of opinion. We on this. shall see what yeah. happens. Oh, oh, we will see. You know what? The only thing left to do, see. That's right. I love getting into preseason shit or offseason shit because no, there's so many things that change and move. Oh, absolutely. And in like four months, I'm going to look back at this and be like, God, I was a real dumb fuck, wasn't I? <laughs> um, but I'm not going to be thinking about, about this next player that I'm listing. I've talked about him before. I'll talk about him again. I'm probably going to talk about him until people are sick and tired of me talking about him. But my up-and-coming player for Pittsburgh is Vance McDonald. That's your boy, huh? It is my guy this year. I'm planting my flag on Vance hard. I have him. And what's interesting is that some very respectable people that I, I love and appreciate in this business who had previously been high on Vance are kind of backing away a little bit. Mm-hmm. Not me. I'm going full You're steam ahead. You're just sticking right with it, huh? The amount of targets that have went away in Antonio Brown's absence, I know will be collected in part by the wide receivers that they brought in. That's natural. That's how it works. Not one guy absorbs all the targets. But if you looked at what fans did last year and think to yourself, man, that guy has to get fewer chances, then you're a goddamn idiot. And I know that the coaching staff in Pittsburgh are not idiots by and large. So I think that they will continue to give Vance uh, more opportunity. He's the only name in town right now. Well, let's be honest. After he had like the single best play of the regular season last year, Mm. why wouldn't you want to see him get more touches? I want to fall asleep to that stiff arm every night. God, that was so pretty. (laughs) It was incredible. I just see no way that that guy does not improve even from where he was last Mm -hmm. year. So I love it. And I wouldn't be shocked if he ends up a double-digit touchdown guy at the end of the year. Wow, that's somewhat bold. I could see it. Um, it's Moncrief, I think you know, he'll get some. Juju will get his. I think Juju might face a bit of a Julio problem where he's uh, covered, double-covered too much when he gets near that 20-30 uh, yard line. Mm-hmm. So I could see Vance uh, getting a lot of that funneled his way. All right. I dig it. Okay. We're kind of in agreement on this next I, I feel like we are. Again, basically. Again, the big question marks, you know, it's it's the wide receiver core. Yeah. Um, I had the wide receivers behind Juju. Mm. Who's going to step up? Who's going to, you know, take the place as the number two on the team? Right. Um, where you as have Juju included, like what's going to happen? I think everybody. You know. I, I'm. Which I think is fair. Yeah. I mean, I don't think he's going to fall off the map by any stretch of the imagination. No. But And that's not what like I'm saying. Like you said, when you have a generational talent like Antonio Brown mm-hmm. across from you, that kind of frees up some space a little bit. It does. And, and Juju looked amazing, by the way. 
in, in last year or the year before. He's looked great. Oh, absolutely. I'm not questioning his talent. I'm not questioning his abilities at all. But it's like you just don't know how it's going to shake out. Yep. It's a new situation for mm-hmm. him. He's never he's never done this before. He's never faced, except for the few games that Antonio missed, in which right. he did have yeah good he played well stats. absolutely. But over a full season, it's a little different. Exactly. So I don't know. Yeah, I would agree. And then it's just they have a bunch of just bunch of guys behind him. Who's going to step up? Who I mean, cause as you said, a lot of targets are gone from yeah. that offense now. Who's going to step up to get those? There's opportunities. I, I think. You know, people want to think it's uh, James Washington. Just because he's had yeah. tenure. And that seems to be the thing. You know, the Steelers, they draft these wide receivers in the second, third round. They sit a year, and then all of a sudden they explode and become things the next year. Yeah. So I think people are just kind of expecting that. But, mm-hmm. again, I don't know if he can do it. Great talent. Love the talent. But totally, can he do it? He didn't get on the field a whole lot last year. And part of that, I think, is just like how they utilize personnel packages there. He wasn't going to be, obviously, he wasn't going to be on the field ahead of Juju or Correct. ahead of Antonio. Um, but you would have thought if, well, if your talent really dictates you getting on the field, you mm-hmm. get on the field. Absolutely. Now that's a tall order for any rookie to do, mm-hmm. so can't really hold that against him. It would be interesting. I would peg Washington to be the guy if I had to choose. Gun to my head, I had to choose. I don't know why somebody would make me do that, but if they did... I'd probably pick Washington. Correct. Yeah. I mean, that seems like the most logical choice, but sure. again, no clue. It's exactly why I snatched up Deontay Johnson in our dynasty rookie yeah, draft. there you go. I don't, he could I don't be a know. thing. Who knows? All right, let's move on. We'll hit up the uh, Cleveland Browns next here. The, the new hot hotness in the league. Oh, oh they're over. Oh, the bandwagon. Is just getting piled on in full. This is this is 1999 in oh, sync, you guys. It's Everybody's crazy. losing their fucking minds over these guys. Which I mean, rightfully so. I mean, with the factory of sadness for however many years. Oh, they deserve it's, it. They deserve it. So I mean, part of me is very very happy for them. I'm, I'm a little bit on the the bandwagon with them, uh, yeah. just because I'm happy to see that they're like relevant again. You have to root for underdogs when they're that much of an underdog. Exactly. You know what it was? Like, last year was, like, Rocky. Like, the first Rocky. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't win. Rocky didn't win in the first movie. No, he didn't. Right? But he learned some shit. He, he proved himself worthy. And then he came back Rocky two, And then I'm pretty sure he won in Rocky two. Otherwise, this analogy is really falling away yeah. from me. My point is, Baker Mayfield is Sylvester Stallone in this analogy and I could see him progressing a lot Yes, this season, along yes. with everybody. So let's get into him. Yes. So depth chart, um, as you said, Baker, um, the second coming for a lot of people out there. Uh, he's their starting quarterback. Uh, running backs, they've got Nick Chubb, Duke Johnson, and they acquired Kareem Hunt, who has an eight-game suspension to start the season. Mm. Uh, so won't be back until at least week nine. And then... Wide receivers, Odell Beckham, came over in the trade. They have Jarvis Landry, Antonio Callaway. You know, those are your three big ones. You don't want to talk about Higgins? I don't. You want to talk about Rashard Higgins? I don't. We're going to have words. Sorry. (laughs) I'm going to put him in there. Rashard Higgins, he's in there. All right. Now keep going. And then uh, tight ends is David Njoku. So that's, that's the roster in a nutshell. Yep, yep, yep. So, who do you have for a regression candidate? The only guy that I wanted to 
even talk about here because it's so dicey talking about any regression candidate for this team. Mm-hmm. They're such an ascending team. I know. It's it, it's hard. it's hard. It is. So my it just seemed natural that Duke Johnson would fit this bill. Duke Stir didn't have the best year last year. I think he finished just outside of RB3 territory. Not bad, certainly for what he is. You know, he's not the primary running back. He never really has been. So he did fine. Yeah, he finished as running back 37. He had some weeks for you. Got just some weeks. Most of the time he was just kind of there, and he provided that, you know, eight, nine points mm-hmm. in your lineup if you had to shove him in. Um, it's Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt being there, even though he's not going to be there for the first eight weeks, the specter of him for the second half of the year, I can't imagine they don't at least give him a tryout to try and, you know, trade him next year. Oh, absolutely. They want to see him to see the field so that they can bump that stock up. Well, and let's be honest, if they're going to be in the playoff push, which I think everybody's expecting them. For sure. um, You know, they're going to want to keep Nick Chubb relatively you know, keep his workload down the second half of the season, keep him a little bit fresher for the playoff push. And if you're in certain hunt in there who has three down capabilities exactly. as opposed to Chubb, who as of yet, we as of really yet. I think it. he can, I think but. he can too. And I think so. I think he'll get more targets than he did last year. Oh, which for also sure. Cut into Duke's uh, workload. But, and like the whole deal with what's happening with his contract right now and all that extra drama. Yes. It doesn't help. No, it never helps. So, uh, just no. No thanks for Duke. All right. He's my Dukey this year. Who's yours? Uh, I am going with Jarvis Landry. It pains me to hear you say that. I know. It pains me, too, uh, because I had drafted him a couple years ago in my redraft, and he that was the year he blew up and was like yeah. wide receiver seven that year or something yeah, ridiculous. He so, out yeah, he got like 9,000 targets. Yeah, so I, I have a very soft and spot for 400 him. 400 yards. <laughs> hey, it's all about the receptions. Hey, that's why we play PPR. <laughs> that's right. Um, so I, I do have a very soft spot for him, but I just, um, I think with Odell Beckham coming in, you know, he's obviously going to become the lead dog. Jarvis takes a step back. He can't have two alphas. You know, um, and Joku, it's his you know thirty year breakout this year. I think everybody's expecting him to take another step forward. Uh, as we said, second half of the season, you got Cream Hunt catching balls out of the backfield. Nick Chubb, we're expecting to catch balls out of the backfield. Uh, there's just a lot of mouths to man, feed. Rashard Higgins and Rashard Higgins will get in there apparently. Gonna get some slot work. <laughs> uh, so there's just a lot of mouths to feed in that offense now, mm-hmm. and. You know, while we saw the sample size at the end of the season with Freddie Kitchens, um, you know, he's moved on to head coach now. Is he going to be the offensive play caller predominantly or, you know, their OC that they have now? You know, is he going to have fingers in the offense, in the planning? Is that going to change what the offense looked like? You know, there's there's a lot of question marks yet, you know, that we yeah. just don't know. It's true. Um, you know, and obviously, you know, Odell's going to get his. You know, I, I really truly believe that. So um, that's why I have Landry as a regression candidate because he's just not the number one. He's not the focal point of that offense anymore. Um, so naturally, he's going to regress. I totally buy that. It's just he's a target guy. He's got to have his targets to produce. It's always and been, that's just it. They kind of tried to make him not that guy last year mm-hmm. because they had to because they didn't have a field stretching guy like Odell there. So mm-hmm. they're like, well, fuck, let's see if he can do it. Right. And he did in in bits. Yeah. <laughs> he was he was totally fine. I think he had a dynamite touchdown like 
I don't know, it was like week 10 or some shit. Mm-hmm. It was just beautiful. It was like a 60-yard bomb. I was like, who the hell is that guy catching the ball? Oh, my goodness, Jarvis. He just quadrupled his yards per catch on that play. It was incredible. Um, but, yeah, no, it was uh, mm-hmm. it was bound to happen this year yes. with him taking a slight step. I hope it's not too drastic. Yeah, I would like to see him maintain low-end wide receiver two, high-end wide receiver three, but... It's a tall order. Yes. I get it. All right. Up and coming players. I'm going to start here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, We just had a stare of of wills across the table, I think. That was Uh, like a mental arm wrestling match. So I'm going with uh, David Njoku. Um, As I kind of alluded to, the third year breakout, that's when people expect tight ends. He's young. He's a physical freak specimen of an athlete. Um and he's just a huge target for the red zone. He's just a huge fucking guy. Uh, yeah, so I see nothing but good things coming for him. Um, You're not worried about the divvying up of those middle-of-the-field targets now? Like we're no, talking about with Jarvis? No, I have him actually right now as my number eight projected tight end. I mean... Is it because Njoku at least proved he could kind of play outside last year? Like a little bit? A little bit. You know? Yeah, I just... That helps. Yeah, and again, with Odell there, stretching the field, he'll be there for the underneath stuff, you know, fighting Jarvis for the for the ball, apparently, but... Uh, <laughs> Not apparently, you mark it down. <laughs> so, yes, David Njoku's my up-and-coming player. I think Who I, you got? I just want to say his name more and more, so I hope that you are correct. I mean... Low-hanging fruit. come on man he's the maestro he's the orchestrator he is the hulk mania that makes this team run wild how could you not say baker mayfield um i see no reason that he can't perform better than he did last year given the weapons that are there absolutely it's so painfully obvious he has a lot of lofty expectations on his shoulders he does, and we'll see if he can handle the pressure. I think he can. I think so, too. I mean, he's a baller. I mean, he just yes. is. Um, you know what? Set the rookie touchdown record last year, not starting all 16 games. Exactly. So, I mean, yeah, you, what's not to like about Baker? It's going to be great. I, I'm not going to be one of those people who tosses him in the top five discussion right away. Is it out of the range of expectations? No. No. You could do it. He could do it, he but could. I see I see very clear path to QB one production, top top twelve guy at the end of the year. Yeah, put me down for that. All right, I, I can buy into that. Nice. And so we move on to question marks. Yeah. What do you got for question marks? Uh, I'm doubling down on what I what I talked about in our <laughs> our bus episode, but I cannot. See OBJ coming in and just utterly dominating right away like people want. Mm-hmm. And and so it's hard for me. Well, I've done some mock drafts already this year. Right. And it just not dynasty purposes. Dynasty OBJ is still great. Dynasty, he is going to be great. I yes. have no issues with that. I have issues with his first year in a new system. I It's... The track record is there for guys who have had worse success the following year in a new system. There's more of those guys than guys who are like Brandon Cooks and can just go anywhere, apparently, and be fine. 
History is against those people. OBJ is a great talent. He's an amazing talent. So, yeah, hopefully he can break out of that and it'll be fine. And, you know, I suppose you would have liked him to see to go, like, to voluntary mini camps and that and, you know, be with his teammates and learning the playbook and whatnot. Yeah. You know, that would help. <laughs> yeah, like, that's never a good look. And what I'm sure that's too much drama. I, whatever. I'm sure that'll be fine. I'm sure it will. But there's a lot of dudes there. Baker didn't have a propensity last year just to target one guy. You could argue that, yeah, he didn't have OBJ, so why would he? But I don't know. It's a question mark. It's a it serious is. question no, mark. It absolutely is. All right. My question mark is Kareem Hunt. What? I know. Crazy. Talk about low-hanging fruit. Oh, come on. <laughs> I mean, really, I should have went with Higgins, but no. <laughs> you shut your mouth about Rashard Higgins. <laughs> Yeah, so Cream Hunt, you know, obviously he is an elite talent. Yeah. You know, what's going to happen after the suspension? <laughs> I don't really, know. Really, you know, you, you don't bring in a guy like that to just have him sit on your bench. And I know they basically got him for free, you know, took a flyer on him. Yeah. But still, you don't have a talent like that on your bench and just let him sit there and rot all season long. No, you so, dangle him for trade bait. <laughs> so after, you know. After the suspension is up, it's going to be curious to see how he gets incorporated into the offense and what type of usage he gets. Is it going to be like a 50-50 split between him and Chubb? I personally don't think it'll be quite that excessive, but I think he's going to get a fair amount of carries because, like you said, I think they're going to show that he can play, Mm -hmm. and then they're going to trade him for a very high draft pick and just you know, be laughing all the way to the bank. (laughs) That's a full Patriots move, yes. but I could see it happening, yes. absolutely. So, yeah, I could see anything in the last eight weeks of the season. I could see the range of outcomes for Kareem Hunt being borderline RB1 mm-hmm. or fucking, like, RB50 because they're like, well, we're going to showcase you at the goal line a little bit and then sit your ass back down. It's so weird what could happen. So mm-hmm. I, I, I love it. Yep. All right, anything else with the Browns? No, let's move on to this sweet, sweet nectar. Yes. <laughs> the Cincinnati Bengals. Well, it's better than the Ravens. Oh, by far. Yeah. So, um, Ending on a high note. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so with the Bengals, uh, QB, we have the Red Rocket himself, Andy Dalton. Uh, running backs, we've got Joe Mixon, uh, Giovanni Bernard, Rodney Anderson, mm-hmm. and who is the other new guy? Travion Williams. You're the death chart, man. I know. Yeah, it is Travion Williams. I know. Yeah. All right. So that's the running backs. Two rookies. See what happens there. Yeah. Uh, wide receivers, we've got A.J. Green, the Wonder Boy, Tyler mm-hmm. Boyd, Woo. Uh, John Ross, hopefully he'll become a thing, and Auden <laughs> Tate, yeah. still there. Yeah, he's, he's doing he's, doing things. He's, <laughs> he's there to help out. And then uh, the tight ends. We've got the oft-injured Tyler Eifert. Now we got CJ Uzama still there. Yeah. And then newly drafted Drew Sample. Second round tight end. Drew Urine Sample. Can we get that to could, catch on? It could be a thing. We'll try. We'll do our best. I'm a little remiss that you didn't even mention Alex Erickson in the wide receiver. Not because he's going to be anything, but he kind of represent our alma mater. I know, but you know, 
trying to talk about people that actually you said Auden Tate <laughs> you can say Alex Erickson he actually has production though that's the thing uh, so alright anyways moving on let's do this regression candidates who you got uh, it's it's the secret of the ooze it's uh, CJ Uzama um, I like that by the way secret yeah? of the ooze not bad right TM T- TM that's, that's binding <laughs> secret of the ooze uh, Tyler Eifert like you just talked about yes he's oft injured but he's, he's still clearly the guy that they want absolutely he's so badly the guy that they want to be and he can end. be an elite talent when he's healthy he can for like the three and a half games yes. every year he is and it's, it's just amazing. knowing what games those are No, nobody knows <laughs> nobody's gonna know um, and the, here's what was it I try not to get too drawn into coach speak because it's so stupid and pointless this time of year to really follow what coaches are saying uh, too much. But Drew Sample is a little interesting. Like, I picked him up as a flyer in my really deep mm-hmm. uh, Dynasty League. Just a stash on Taxi Squad. Yeah. He was a super high draft pick. And I know that it looks like he's just a blocking tight end. But dudes do transform a little bit um, from college to to the NFL and they kind of adapt and shift and mm-hmm. I could see him going in and taking over the two spot eventually. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I don't want Uzama. <laughs> don't make me yeah. take him. I don't think anybody really does. No. Um, just maybe as the handcuff to Eifert. Is that a thing? Can you handcuff I your know. tight ends? I would never <laughs> in the history of fantasy recommend handcuffing your tight ends. Oh right. yeah, that's fine. All right, my regression candidate is Joe Mixon. I'm very interested in this. Very interested. You know what? I just, I don't know. I just don't have a good feeling. It's in your gut? Yes. They brought in two rookies. You still have Gio Bernard there, who catches all the balls out of the backfield. You do. You know, I just, I don't know. There's, I just... I feel like this is a this is a a, a year where he's going to let you down, I, and I can't say I have any rational reason for it, which is obviously the way to play fantasy football, and it's <laughs> obviously the height of analysis. Zero but mathematical I, currency. I just I just feel like he's going to regress a bit. Well, look, how about the two, Ricky? I'll try and help you out here. It's going to be tough for me because I don't side with you on this. But (laughs) they brought in two, Ricky. You don't have to agree with me. And, hey, they brought him in late. So, you know, whatever. But where did he finish last year? Last year? He was RB10? No, that was David Johnson. He was in the top 10, though. He he was number 10. David Johnson was number 9. God, that's terrifying. Um, Where do you see him finishing this year, then? I've got him projected at to do RB fifteen. All right. So it's not like he's All like right. falling off the face of the earth, uh, but he's also being drafted as like a top ten running back. He is, and I, I mean, think he's almost being expected to finish as like a top six guy almost anymore. Yeah. With the way that I've seen a lot of people valuing him, yeah. Granted, Twitter's not the most. <laughs> efficient yes or, or guaranteed analysis for how people you know he those. definitely has that upside you know it i mean if the cards all fall the right way mm-hmm. he could definitely be a top five running back i mean he has the talent i just i don't know i just don't trust 
I just, I don't know. It's a feeling. I'm just going on record. <laughs> just, I just, I just don't think he's going to live look, up to those I expectations. To my psychic. Uh, I read quite a few tea leaves and you see this palm? Look at those fucking lines. I That's don't right. like it. I just don't like it. Yep. Like I said, it's not rational. That's fair. But it's just, it's just going to happen. All right. You're wrong, but <laughs> no, I could see it. Uh, I could see it being a downward slope. It's too easy for any top running back to do that because we see how hard it is for them to finish right. year after year after right. year consistently. And like I said, I'm not expecting so, him to fall off the face of the earth here, yeah. but he is going to have a little bit of regression as a, you know compared to last year. Fair enough. All right, let's talk about something more positive. Who's your positive guy here? Your up and comer. Oh, this, <laughs> uh, I am going to say John Ross. Hey, just dropped the cap to my scotch. It's all right. We're finishing this bad boy. So, yes, I have John Ross as my up and coming player. So, why? <laughs> it's his third year. Uh huh. He had positive regression last year. I hate that phrase so much, by the way. I know. Can we talk about how I hate Just say, pro- why can't we decide it's progression? Just call it I progression. Know. All right. Anyways. I sorry. don't know. I, I don't Tangent. like it either, but I'm trying to sound you know, professional here. Okay. But. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right. So positive regression. Yes. Um, new coaching staff. Yeah. So it's going to be a relatively fresh start. He's had some injuries. So hopefully he's passed all those now. You know, I know the saying goes, you're injury prone until you're not, but hopefully he's not now. And I, I think, you know, just getting a reset with, with the new head coach, new offensive coordinator, I just think that can do nothing but help him. Uh, you know, has high draft capital. You know, he's a first round pick. You just don't, you, they get so many chances. Yeah, it's ridiculous, you know, so, no. um, so that's why he's my up and coming player. I just think he's going to get opportunity. And let's be honest, with A.J. Green on one side, Tyler Boyd on the other, you know what, he, he, he'll he be open. So it's just a matter of <laughs> can Dalton get him the balls. And to your point, Andy Dalton was out for a large chunk of last year. A.J. Green was out for a large chunk of last year. Mm-hmm. That core was not really there. He did significantly better at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. Well, significance is a strong word. But he did better. He and did he, better. He, he really did when everybody was out there. So if he can continue to build on that, mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty much impossible to do worse. So, yeah, man. I, honestly, I'm kind of bullish on all the Bengals wide receivers this year, mm-hmm. which is a scary place to be in. But I just, and I didn't make a conscious decision. But yeah, so I can. I could bet that John Ross will be something this year. You know who else is going to be something this year? Who's going to be someone this year? Tyler goddamn Boyd. Oh, I'm right there with you. I, I'm i snatching him up in pretty much every league I can. He's weird to value. I can't decide how people value him in my leagues. I have him in one league and was trying to shop him previously. And I was just asking for like a late first rounder this year for 2019. No bites at all. I don't want to shop him for a second. He is quality. I'm not going to give him up yeah. for a random 20 second, or excuse me, random 2019 second. Correct. It's it harkens back to what you just mentioned about John Ross. With AJ Green, Tyler Boyd looked better. He did better. He was more efficient with AJ Green on the field. Again, Andy Dalton missed a lot of time last mm-hmm. year. Do I love Andy Dalton? No. <laughs> but for 
his wide receivers, he can be very good. He yeah, can right. produce that's top right. receivers. It's kind of interesting because it's the first year that we really saw him produce two wide receivers. Correct. Normally it's just the A.J. Green show. But have they had other talent that 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 good of talent to be able to produce a second wide receiver? I don't Question know. Mark. I don't, yeah, I, I truly know. don't know whether it's talent or opportunity or whatever it is, but hey man, he put up a thousand yard season last mm-hmm. year. Again, I think he would have padded his stats with A.J. Green there, so... Fuck yeah, I'm buying yeah. into that. <laughs> I am I am one hundred percent with you on that. Woo! All right. And then that's an agreement. Let's wrap up the Bengals here with question marks. Andy Dalton. Question mark. Move it on. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same every year. Yeah. He can be good for fantasy, probably. Maybe. He kinda has been at points. Or he can just be a dumpster fire. So whatever. Yeah, it's you it's hard know. to say. Again, new offense. You don't know what's going to happen. He could get replaced after six games. He and could. It wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. No. All right. Fair no. enough. Moving on. Good analysis. <laughs> and then mine, you know, shouldn't surprise anybody. Um, Tyler Eifert, as we kind of talked about already, he's already hurt, has all the talent in the world, could be easily a top five tight end in the league. If you were to only stay healthy, you know, we talked about the wide receiver core. You know, yeah. that's going to open up the field for him. You know, the targets yeah. should be there. But can he stay healthy? I don't, I don't know. think so. <laughs> what do you say over under on number of games played? Number of games played. Hold on. Can I, do you mind if I look at an average at least? Or no, no, go ahead. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Okay. I, I don't want to come into this completely without, uh, without my stats to back it up. So let's see. Over the last, God, he's been in the league that long. <laughs> it does, oh god okay so he's been in six years uh the most games he's ever played was 15 and that was his rookie year the most oh god then it was 1 12 2 oh excuse me 1 13 8 2 4 i'm gonna say six i will go with the under you're gonna take under yes under six games yes well he only played six games in the last two seasons combined so you're probably on the right track uh, Eifert is that guy who, if I just punt tight end and wait until the very last pick, I'll just scoop up Eifert and be like, well, I'll see if he's healthy. And if he's healthy, I'll play him. And then when he gets injured, I'll cut him and I'll pick up some other random asshole off the waivers. Absolutely. He's that guy. So do we want to make this an official beer bet? Oh, I just gave the over-under. And then you provided over. Yeah, That's I said. how that works. Yeah, I said I, I picked the under. And if he goes over, I lose. Oh, oh! You yeah. see how this works? No, because I'm too too many scotches in. Um, do you want Do you want me to put this in? No, you don't. Uh, <laughs> yes. Oh, come I on! Don't make any bet relating to Tyler Eifert and this All right, that fine. is not like zero games. All yeah, right, it's just ugh, be a no party games. pooper. I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it. I People on Twitter won't be give Jake a lot of shit about this. He should have. Bait him into taking the bet. I don't need other people coming out of the woodwork. All right, let's uh, let's wrap this up with our totally innocuous, not at all researched uh, record predictions for yes. how they'll finish the season. Absolutely. That's Do you want to start? I'd love to start. All right. So I am following what I said all all podcast long. I have the Browns leading this thing. I believe in them. I don't believe that they are Super Bowl bound or anything, but I believe that they have the best chance to secure this division. I really do, just based on talent. So I'm giving them the old 10-6. Um, 
pretty slight bump from last year considering OBJ is there. Mm -hmm. People might have issue. Fuck you. <laughs> They're getting 10-6. Steelers, I see they're always going to be in the hunt. So 9-7 for them, even without Antonio. Ravens, 7-9. Still going to be tough for... It's going to be tough for real football mm -hmm. for them. And Bengals, 7-9 as well. I think they will be a little bit better. All right. Um, I've got the exact same order of teams as you. Um, oh. So I have the Browns at 11-5. and five. Mm. I've got the Steelers at 10-6. and six. Got the Ravens at 9-7. and seven, And the Bengals, 8-8. Eight and eight. A fairly compact, close division. No losers in this division. Well. All ties are better. That's right. All right. That's fair. Yeah. So, do you have anything else you'd like to add here before we wrap this thing up for this week? I just want to do a quick endorsement for this McRae Scotch, because I'm really enjoying this. Um, McRae Scotch, for when you are not allowed to drink beer. <laughs> nice. Find it at your local retailer. Nope, nice. I got nothing. What do you got? All right. I've got nothing else to add, really. Uh, you know, just be sure to check us out uh, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Um, you know, if you happen to listen on the now um What's it called? Apple Podcasts? Not not iTunes anymore. Do they make know. an official switch? They're, they're, they're making that. a switch. Um, give us a rate and review on there. We appreciate it. It helps us, you know, bump up in the the rankings of podcasts. Yeah, but like only give us a really good review, you guys. Um, but yeah, um, you know, give us subscribe to us anywhere you listen to podcasts. We do appreciate it. Um, you can find me on Twitter at ffdustydog. You can find me on Twitter defending my supposedly irrational Odell takes at Jake Trowbridge. Uh, you can find the uh, podcast Twitter handle at Drinking Fantasy. Yeah, and that's not only reserved for drunk trades, you guys. No. I know I'm the big one shouting that at the end of every episode, but any questions are welcome. Yes, yes. It doesn't have yeah, to be Feel free to related. slide into our DMs, ask us any questions you have, roster construction, um, trade polls. Tag us in your trade polls. We'll retweet them for you. Oh yeah. Um, you know we're we're all about giving we're out the advice. This. So <laughs> yeah, um, right. definitely check us out. Um, feel free to drop us a question. We'll answer it on an upcoming episode. You know, that's where you find us. Yeah, man. Keep uh, doing you, world. That's right. Listener. So until next time, keep drinking and talking fantasy football. Yeah. Cheers, FFers.